Confidential Brief is proudly brought to you by Rubber Roofs, the trusted name in roof waterproofing. Confidential Brief is proudly brought to you by Rubber Roofs, the trusted name in roof waterproofing. If you're tired of getting contractors in to fix your leaky roof, only to find out that your roof still leaks, well, maybe it's time to sort that leak out for good. Rubber Roofs Manufacture and apply the rubber paint to your roof. Your roof will look great and won't leak anymore. Rubber Roofs offer a 10-year warranty. Rubber Roofs is the trusted name in roof waterproofing. You can find out more at www.rubberroofs.co.za. Well, a very good afternoon to you. Um, you're listening to Confidential Brief live on 101.9 FM throughout Johannesburg and streaming worldwide on highfm.com. If you tuned into our show last week, Monday, you'd have heard that uh, the technical gremlins got the better of us. We were having such a interesting conversation with Robin Sulo regarding his upcoming book about a hundred years in radio. Yes, you heard correctly. Radio has been in South Africa for 100 years, this year being 2023. And a lot of people are really unaware of how big radio is as a medium. And Robert's going to take us through the, the figures just now. But from what I remember a couple of years ago, we were sitting at about 300 radio stations throughout the country. That's commercial stations, public broadcasting stations, campus and community. And at that point in time, they were reaching just below the 40 million mark. So radio is still massive in South Africa. Radio was massive for many of our listeners growing up because we didn't have TV. We were one of the countries that were the last to get TV. And radio played such an integral part in our lives. It wasn't just about the music. It wasn't just about the news, the current affairs, but also about the entertainment. Who can forget those incredible radio dramas, especially on channels such as Springbok Radio? And who can forget the signs of liberation that was subtly put forward on stations like 604. Robin, it's almost like we're going down memory lane here. What are your fond memories of, of radio over the years? Wow, Chad. Firstly, thank you for having me on your show this afternoon. Uh, wonderful memories, uh, but countless memories. Um, you know, just listening to you on that intro, you know, since goosebumps. Uh, but, uh, you know, when we talk about radio, you know, uh, growing up, um, radio was such a, a sort of a cordial, comforting, embracing medium. You know, you, you talk about not just the entertainment, not just the information, but also the education part of it. And radio in South Africa, uh, given our history, has also been a catalyst in some shape or form. You mentioned Capital Radio 604, and there were other stations as well, like, like Radio 702 as well, that played such a phenomenal role. So, so radio has been a companion for many a listener in this country throughout the decades. And may I add, it's not even prior to 1994 only, but even post-1994. And thankfully, we've got three tiers of broadcasting in the country where people have choice. There's diversity on the dial. But coming back to my memories, yes, it's not just about listening to radio, but it's about, you know, talking with people who have been on radio, the personalities, getting to understand how things operate, how they happen. For me, that has been fascinating. And that has also instilled that passion, that intellectual curiosity with regard to radio over the years. You know, Springbok Radio was was a constant companion 
for myself, my mom, my grand when I was growing up. Um, it, it was it was a very interesting station. Uh, apart from the entertainment value, apart from um, David Gresham's radio show with the the top music of of the week that was that was streaming worldwide at that time, or or or, 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 or peaking or charting rather worldwide, there was also the the, the dramas. Um, there were the programs, and I remember my first experience um, up close to radio was in Durban because we stayed in KZN and my mom was a contestant in a program called The Three Wise Men and we went to the old SAB studios in Durban and it was another world, it was an incredible world and seeing people come alive in front of me that I'd heard on radio it was, it was, it was, a, it was a strange moment because we used so much of our imagination with radio and imagine the imagination helps us conjure up images and it, it, it helps us. It gave us solace. And I really think that South Africans would be surprised at how evident radio is in respect of the fact that they don't even realize when they're in their cars that they're listening to the radio. They're getting news if they're imparting to others at work. They're finding out about the traffic and they're enjoying their favorite songs. And they've, 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 they've lost sight of the fact that radio is still their companion because when you ask them what entertainment do you, do you, do you have? They'll talk about Netflix, Showmax, DSTV, going to the theater, um, watching the horses race, whatever the case may be. And they forget. Radio is still there. It's a constant. You know, absolutely. And, you know, you, you, you make such an interesting point uh, with regard to your visit um, with your mom to the SABC in Durban. And it's meeting those personalities. And in a manner of speaking, they're ordinary people like you and I. But put them in front of a microphone and they rise to the occasion. And that what, that's the beauty of radio that how the microphone is that kind of conduit between that presenter slash performer and the listener. And the beauty of radio, as you well know, Chad, it's the personal communication. It's me and you, you and me. And as you already alluded to, radio is such a wonderful friend. You may be alone, but you will never be lonely with the radio. And that is why some of us, when we were young, we used to go to bed with the radio under the blanket and our parents thought we were fast asleep. Yet we were tuning into radio, especially Springbok Radio, on a Friday night listening to David Gresham and his uh, top 20 hits. Uh, really, really good memories. But I must also just add, you know, you talk about personalities. One of the first people's, people I met um, who was on radio at that stage was a gentleman called John Burks. Uh, you may recall that the annual surfing competition used to take place in Durban during the winter vacation. And uh, John was doing an outside broadcast from the competition year uh, in Durban. And I had gone up to this uh, competition, not necessarily to watch the surfing, but obviously to meet John Burks, and I got a chance to meet with him. And, you know, if anything, that instilled my love, my affection and passion for radio even more. John was absolutely humble, very welcoming, and, and this spoke to me, and I thought, this is it for me. I, I love radio. I can do anything else in life, but radio will always play a predominant role in my life. And it is doing so. 
So very true. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about those radio personalities that made such a significant difference in people's lives, how big they were behind the mic and how big they were in the world and the difference they made. You're listening to Confidential Brief, live in conversation with Robin Sulong. Confidential Brief is proudly brought to you by Rubber Roofs, the trusted name in roof waterproofing. You're listening to Confidential Brief. Today we're chatting about a 100 years of radio in South Africa. Now, a lot of you know me from this show because we speak so much about fraud, corruption, and things that impact on everyday South Africans' lives. I was given this opportunity 10 years ago by the... Uh, management of High FM and it's not what I do it's what I enjoy and that's what makes it so different for me radio has been something I've appreciated over the years and I always wanted to be involved in little did I know that this journey would would follow this course that it has in 2017 we got the best daytime show in South Africa because the subject matter became so very topical in our emerging democracy in our newfound freedom and we're finding radio becoming more and more topical somebody that knows virtually everything about radio in South Africa is our guest today Robin Sulo he was involved in a project called Radiocracy which we're going to chat about in a couple of minutes and of course he's now writing the definitive book about radio in South Africa and the fact that it's been here for a hundred years Robin, you spoke about big personalities before we went to break, like John Burks. Of course, we've had the Jeremy Mansfields. We've had the Alex Jays, the David Greshams. Um, I don't know if you remember the likes of Esme Everott um, on Springbok and all these, all these legends. Um, in, in, they, they took on a persona, but in real life, they weren't very different to that. Well, it's so true. You know, you, you, you talk about John and, 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 you know, if you recall John on the radio and his pranks, um, you know, it was sort of a larger-than-life character. But if you met John in person, you'll never say this is John Burks. Humble, laid-back, sort of reclusive in a way. But, you know, you'll never think this is the gentleman that goes on uh, radio and for three or four hours every day, you know, gets the whole nation laughing, smiling. And when you get back to the office uh, the next morning, you're talking about John Burks on the radio last evening, you know. Uh, yes, you know, they, they're really, really great personalities. And I think that's what radio brings out in, in individuals, you know, their identity, their character. And essentially, the, the word is entertainment with a capital E. They are radio personalities, but they are there to entertain people like you and I as listeners. And they really do it wonderful, wonderfully. The point being is that they enjoy people. They enjoy company, you know. And as I said earlier on, you're speaking to one person at a time. It's that conversational kind of approach that you'll have. And the tone is one of warmth and comfort. Tell us a little bit about the Radiocracy Project over the years, how it came about, what your involvement was, what you brought to South Africa, and where it is currently. Thanks for that question, Chad. You know, radiocracy, as you well know, is very close to my heart. And uh, the term was conceived by a gentleman called John Hartley. And in 1999, John uh, hosted this initial radiocracy conference in Cardiff, Wales, in the UK. And I was invited to present a paper. Um, there were a few other South Africans there. And I do recall at that moment in time, there was even the chairperson 
of the then IBA, who was also in the audience, and, and it, it was it was quite a wonderful moment. And I just loved the concept. And, and if you look at radiocracy, the three legs are radio, democracy, and development. And you know, radio being close to my heart, but also you know, South Africa at that stage, and as you know, even now was a young democracy, a very young democracy. And so what people like you and I can do to kind of, in a sense, foster a greater level of democracy, how, how do we allow people to enjoy the fruits of democracy? Yes, it's on the statute books, but how do we activate the notion, the concept of democracy? And then the other leg of development, you know, as you well know, Chad, uh, we don't develop on our own. Individuals develop because of society. And the more you and I provide that kind of tool for development, or should I say the various tools for development, I think we become a better society. So if we take democracy and development and use radio as a media platform, those three work hand in glove. And that's what I enjoyed when I was at this conference, listening to other speakers uh, from around the world. And I thought to myself, you know, you know, radiocracy in Cardiff, Wales, and they've been, you know, going on for many, many years as a democratic order. And I thought we fairly knew we five years. We have to, I have to bring it to South Africa. So I was at a conference also in um, in in the Banff in Canada in uh, the, f- the following year, year 2000. And people were also asking me about radiocracy and, you know, we saw you at the conference last year in Cardiff, what are you doing? And I said, watch the space. And lo and behold, in September of 2001, I hosted the radiocracy conference here in Durban. And even if I have to say so, uh, Chad, it was a phenomenal success. When I say success, um, because, you know, I attracted people from around the world, various topics, and it, it, it looked at the various issues that could actually develop our country and add to the notion of democracy. And I had wonderful support from across the board, um, you know, from radio, um, you know, the, the broad media industry, uh, with sponsors and, like I said, speakers as well. And so radiocracy became, so to speak, uh, a favorite of radio people in the country, you know, people who were there from commercial radio. I must add that the public service broadcaster gave me unflinching support during that time, uh, prior, during, as well as after the conference. And I was involved in the academic world uh, until very recently, and I then embedded the concept of radiocracy into the curriculum. And uh, and that actually added value to students studying radio in the classroom. The whole notion of radio, democracy and development. But I must also add, uh, Chad, what also helped, radio helped, but also what helped radio, as you would appreciate, radio is part of a bigger media industry. And when I say that, there's a complementary relationship between radio, the print media, television, whether it's the small screen or whether it's the big screen, as in movies, perhaps also photography and online now. If you look at radio, as you well know, radio is known as a theater of the mind. 
But there's a cinematic feel to that when we talk about imagination. And that's where the link with television and movies come about. If you look at the print media, yes, you and I as presenters, as announcers, uh, as DJs, we kind of ad-lib, we impromptu at times. Um, but a fair amount of content comes from the written word. If you look at documentaries, short stories, plays, advertisements, you know, uh, live reads on radio, it, it comes from the printed word. And that's where I see the connection. And obviously, with radio now, with online streaming and, and, and that stuff, um, it embraces online um, uh, platforms across the globe. But also, look at photography. So if you take all those different media channels, it's in sync with radio. And I noticed that over the last sort of couple of years, or should I say couple of decades, the complementary relationship between the media industries or the media platforms, should I say, is becoming closer and it's becoming smarter for people to piggyback on each of the different media platforms. Very, very true. When we come back, I want to chat to you again about where radio sits today and why we, we don't see quite as much support for radio as an art as we see with the other arts. And I love what you said just now about the theater of the mind because it's so very true. You're using your imagination. Yet radio out there doesn't seem to have as much support. It has advertisers, yes, but not as much support from those that are interested in the arts and those that, that tend to award or bestow upon people um, the honor of having been in the industry for so very long. We're going to chat more about this when we come back. Confidential Brief is proudly brought to you by Rubber Roofs, the trusted name in roof waterproofing. We're chatting today to Robin Suelo on this, the 100th year of radio in South Africa. Such an important conversation because radio is something that's so very close to all of our hearts. You wouldn't be listening to radio right now if it wasn't something that you enjoyed as a medium. Robin and I wouldn't be chatting if it wasn't something that we've engaged in and enjoyed, we could say loved, thoroughly over the years. Robin, before we went to break, I said that we see a lot of the other arts being celebrated. And although radio is so huge, it's still one of the biggest mediums in South Africa. We're talking about 40 million plus listeners. And we're talking about millions of listeners just on public broadcasting on specific channels that are vernacular orientated just to show the, the 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 massive scale of radio but when it comes to recognizing those in radio in south africa we've seen over the years that sponsorship for events have changed some years there haven't been any events and it's almost as if that the industry as huge as it is as powerful as it is as much um, exposure it gives its advertisers it's still or it's rather not now been taken as seriously um, than than the peers, than than the other mediums within South Africa. Am I right in this in this observation? You know, Chad, it's it's, it's a moot point. And and when I say that, you know, uh, radio listening could either be active or it could be passive. And and when I say that, you well aware we talk about the duality of radio. In other words, you could be cooking and listening to the radio. 
uh, you could be driving and the radio is on. Um, some of us study with the radio on. And so radio is playing that kind of background, you know, uh, sort of uh, function. But the important thing to bear in mind, radio is still part of our lives um, in the sense that, you know, we get our information like we said a few minutes ago from radio and many people get their information from radio first thing in the morning. You know, radio is the first um, medium they listen to. And and that's what plays a role throughout the life, throughout the day, should I say, um, you know, whether it's in the background or not. But you must also kind of appreciate and understand, as you well do, that there are many competing interests that people have. Um, you know, the young and the not so young as well, you know. Um, but notwithstanding what I just said about the competing interest, radio is still the number one choice for many an individual. You know, when you talk about 40 million listeners plus, we have a population of 60 million. 40 million is a huge number. But bearing in mind, when you talk about sponsorships and advertising, sponsors and advertisers are trying to make their, so to speak, buck run further than it used to. So they will try to use different mediums to advertise the products, advertise the services. And it's not the fact that they are using other media that makes radio less important. It still is important. But the important thing to bear in mind here is that they're trying to reach a greater market. People are not listening to radio all the time, you know. Um, there's a concert called Shop Attainment, so they'll go to malls and they will, you know, see an advert and, and they will kind of go and buy the product or enlist the service of somebody. So, yeah, you know, you, you're trying to catch as many people and people are on the move. And I think that's the important point keep in mind, although radio is portable, like you well know, radio is ubiquitous, it's everywhere. We know that. But I think it's also important that I raise the issue, and, and I'm glad that you kind of uh, alluded to the issue of radio being, or seem to be less important. Uh, I think it's also a process of education. And, uh, you know, it gives me an opportunity to talk about a community outreach program that I want to embark upon, and it's it's about radio specifically. And my point of departure when I talk about a community outreach program, there are people who want to get into radio and they don't know any better. Um, they're not too sure how it operates. And I'm looking at going on a road show throughout the country in as many places as I possibly can so that people get to know how they could get onto radio. Um, there's a lot of potential, there's a lot of talent uh, in the community, but how do people get onto radio? I often speak to people, and I'm talking commercial radio here, and, 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 and people say to me, people in radio say to me, there's no talent. I says, no, there is talent. There's plenty of talent. I think we need to search for that talent and get out of, out, out, out of our studios, out of our offices, and, and look for the talent and harness that talent. So the program that I'm talking about, uh, dubbed the Radiocracy Community Outreach Program, will will try to, in a sense, educate people about how to get into radio, the value, the benefits of radio. So that's the one level. The second level, which you alluded to now, how can people use radio as a medium to advertise the product, the service? How could they make better use of radio? 
teach them about the research that goes into radio and what does the research, what are the research figures telling you. But also, those businessmen need to understand how they could use radio to good effect with regard to sponsorship. Because sometimes, you know, we assume, because we in radio or we in advertising, we assume that the businessman understands advertising, understands sponsorships. I think we need to kind of, in a sense, go out, educate, make people aware. And on the third level, uh, I'd like to see people being, in inverted commas, educated about radio who do not want to use radio but enjoy radio. It's sort of the category what I would regard as the nice-to-know category. And with this outreach program, I'm hoping that there will be a greater understanding, a greater appreciation and utilization of radio as a whole. Before we go to break, I want to share a personal anecdote. And then when we come back from break, I want to talk about the all-important aspect of your book. But when it comes to radio, I've learned so much. Um, during the liberation years, music, certain music was banned from public broadcasting and even commercial stations were listened to with a keen ear by the authorities. We know that songs like Weeping by Bright Blue, which snuck in um, chords from Corsi Sikilele Africa, was banned. We know that um, something inside so strong by Libre at times that was um, banned. We know that even Rodriguez, who passed away so sadly last year, mm-hmm. songs from his album in 1970, Cold Fact, were banned by the then SRBSC, SRIK, as, as they were known. <laughs> but for me, a defining moment in radio was a couple of years ago, I was driving back from Cape Town, I love driving, and when I drive, I listen to different stations that I can pick up to try to learn more. And one of the stations I picked up happened to be Radio Sonachrens. It wasn't one of the local stations like I was expecting. They've got a, a massive footprint, but it was it was early in the morning. It was an interesting conversation. The, the conversation was being anchored by Max Dupria, and he had people calling in, and they were calling in, and... It was bizarre for me because they were speaking about things that I never knew about. If a skultus and a boor and an Afrikaner, the difference between a boor and an Afrikaner, and how the, the Cape Afrikaners were referred to as the Cape Dutch because they didn't trek, and there was this huge disparity amongst the Afrikaans community where those that trekked saw things differently from those that didn't trek and the Felichte Afrikaner and the Verkramte Afrikaner and I thought this is a fascinating conversation to be having um, in, in, you know, in the midst of our democracy um, and it, it was strange especially the calls that were coming at, at one stage I, I became quite upset because of what was being said I thought let me phone in and then they said this had been a recording of the original um, Radio Sonnegrense show um, Klippendi Boss, which was the first time Radio Sonnegrense had ever allowed um, people to call in. And it was to commemorate a Radio Sonnegrense, um, um, it was a, a, a celebration of one of their milestone birthdays. And this had actually been broadcast in 1993 pre the 1994 election. But it's something I love to talk about because I became so embroiled in the conversation. I was driving, I was on my own, driving through the Karoo, and this conversation really, really got to me. It was like, yo, can people really say things like this? Can they really think like this? Is there such a disparity between the thought process of of, of what we thought were like-minded people? And it turned out to have been over 20 years old, that particular recording. And it was so very interesting. And it's a personal anecdote I thought I would share before we go to break, because your book is about anecdotes. And when we come back, we're going to cover that. We'll be right back with Robin Sulong.
Confidential Brief is proudly brought to you by Rubber Roofs, the trusted name in roof waterproofing. You're listening to Confidential Brief. My name is Chad Thomas. We broadcast in Johannesburg on 101.9 FM and stream worldwide on highfm.com. Today we're talking about the all-important issue of radio and how it survived in South Africa, how it's gone from strength to strength, how it's still around after a hundred years, incredibly so. And Robin Sulo, all the way from Durban, is somebody that has has made radio his life. It's not just his passion. His entire life is surrounded by every aspect of radio. And he's writing the definitive book about 100 years of radio in South Africa. And a lot of the book is made up of anecdotes from presenters, listeners, and others. Tell us a bit about the book. Thanks for that, Chad. Uh, yes, it's, it's, I have to say already it's been a fascinating journey, absolutely enthralling. You know, it's sometimes it's not the content of, of a project, like a book that I'm uh, going to put out shortly. But it's the process. And, you know, it gets you to speak to different people from all walks of life throughout the country. And and there can be no other satisfaction when, you, when you're reaching out to people and people are giving you that support. The book, essentially, uh, I kind of got the invite out late last year, around about August, September last year. And I intentionally asked for listeners to write in about their stories, their love for radio, how radio has kept them company, um, you know, in the wee small hours of the morning or while driving, like you were mentioning a few minutes ago. Um, and um, I was lucky enough to get it into the media, both the print media as well as the electronic media, and it reached out to people around the country and uh, I started getting uh, responses from across the country from ordinary people, ordinary listeners. But mind you, some of them were not so ordinary. Uh, when I say not so ordinary, yes, they were listeners, but they, they were experts and specialists in the, oh, the respective fields of uh, specialization. Um, and if I may throw some names around, uh, for example, the Archbishop Tawa uh, Mkhova from Cape Town is, is part of the book. Um, you know, uh, you talk about that, uh, the executive producer of Carte Blanche, John Webb is part of the book. Um, you know, the uh, executive director for the National Association of Broadcasters, Nadia Bulbulia, is part of the book. Uh, yes, so it's been very, very interesting. Um, a lady from South African Airways, from La Maestri, is part of the book as well. She at one stage was part of uh, the IBA. So uh, I enjoyed that. And then there was... There are some musicians, artists, and, and some of you may be taken aback what they interest in radio. But they appreciated radio helped them with their music, musical career. You may remember the name Cindy Alter, okay, uh, the founding leader of the group called Clout. So Cindy's got a piece, and you probably know Cindy's now residing in the United States. Uh, there's Jonathan Hanley. You may remember the Radio Rats from back in the day, uh, a group that was based on the East Strand. Um, there's a gentleman from Durban called Madala Kunene, who incidentally was just uh, awarded an honorary doctorate by the um, University of Kwasan itself. There's a gentleman called Melvin Peters. Um, th- there's Neil Solomon, you know, and uh, Neil has been absolutely fantastic. And there's Wendy Ophir, uh, you know, from Swedbank. And there's, there's judges, there's, there's uh, attorneys, um, and there's people from all walks of life. 
Uh, there's a whole range of professors, Professor Jonathan Janssen, there's, uh, there's Guy Berger, there's Lolly Makubu, Murray uh, M. Stedet, Richard Callan is also part of the book, um, Suhaul Ngobani, uh, Ahmed Bawa. So, you know, people across. But what, what was fascinating, and I mentioned these names because the common thread is that they love for radio as a listener. The stories shared are absolutely fascinating. You know, um, you were talking earlier about uh, your anecdote about driving from Cape Town to Johannesburg. Uh, but you get stories about Springbok Radio. You get stories about LM Radio, uh, the early days of Capital Radio of 702, uh, Swazi Music Radio um, as well. And so these stories uh, that I got, um, you know, contributes to the whole of the radio experience as a listener. And I was fortunate enough to actually get 100 contributions for 100 years of radio. And that pleases me no end. Well, it pleases us no end because it's going to be fascinating. And you talk about the medium of, of transportation and the imagination and the, the, the theater of the mind, as you, you so eloquently put it. Um, I'll go back to the days of men from the ministry, inspector car investigates, squad cars. Mm. And then when, when Springbok was taken off air, uh, I migrated to Capital 604. That was an eye-opener for a young teenager. And I think what you're doing with this book is encapsulating the the passion, but more importantly, the constant companion that some people are rediscovering because a lot of people migrated off radio with the advent of television and and other forms of entertainment, and of course, social media. And I think a lot of people are going to migrate back. Well, it, it's true what you say, you know, and and and, and it's a it's a discussion that hopefully uh, many more people like you and I in the radio industry should be having. Uh, and I talk about real, authentic radio. You know, my point is uh, that the youngsters of today don't quite understand because they don't know what radio in the 90s and beyond were, you know. Um, you, we talk about talk radio, but talk radio is, 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 is much more engaging and much more exciting, uh, where you can get deeper into different topics as opposed to just playing kind of lip service to issues. And I think that's an important point to, 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 to keep in mind. And, and the youngster can also use radio as a, as a strong educational medium. And we need to come back to the real authentic radio. And you're right, people are rediscovering radio. And, and when I say rediscovering radio, I don't believe it only because print media is lagging behind now. Uh, I think radio has, has been such a powerful medium and reaches out and you could pick it up just about everywhere that radio is so sustainable, radio is so viable, and radio is so engaging. That's so very true. When we come back, we've got our last few minutes with you. I want to chat about um, the book, when it's going to become available, what you have in store with regards to that outreach program where you hope to visit so many different places and locations, and what the future holds uh, for your other project, which is close to your heart, Radiocracy. You're listening to Confidential Brief, and we're in conversation with Robin Sula. Confidential Brief is proudly brought to you by Rubber Roofs, the trusted name in roof waterproofing.
You're listening to Confidential Brief, broadcasting live in Johannesburg on 101.9 FM and streaming worldwide on highfm.com. We've had a wonderful conversation today with Robin Sulo. Um, I want to find out more about the book, when it's going to be available. I want to know more about the outreach project, when it's going to start, and of course, what's going to be happening with Radiocracy. Chad, as, as you're probably aware by now, uh, we mentioned his name earlier on in the show, but just to say to you, I was fortunate enough to attract the attention of David Gresham, who's actually agreed to write a foreword for the book. And uh, it, it, it was, so, so to speak, a no-brainer because many of the contributors mentioned David Gresham and they grew up listening to David Gresham on the radio. Obviously, later on, he, he, he actually gravitated to television as well. So, so David is, is part of that. I should just quickly mention some of the other aspects of the book. Um, there's, uh, I, I've got a listing of about 100 facts of radio since 1923. Obviously, there's more than 100 facts, but I chose some of the more important ones. Then radio is 100 on December 18th this year. And so what I've done, I've got a, uh, a section called This Day in History, but that This Day in History is from issues around the world. Um, there's also uh, songs that have the word radio in them. And, and here's a bit of a, a story. You probably know a group called Rush from Canada, a rock group called Rush, and they have a song called The Spirit of Radio. And uh, lo and behold, I discovered not very long ago, a very good friend of mine called Donna Halper, who's involved in radio in the U.S., she actually discovered the group Rush back in the 70s. And there's a short piece from Donna with regard to the spirit of radio by Rush in my book. So there's songs about radio. There's obviously radio quotations from celebrities around the world. There's a bit of payoff lines with regard to old radio adverts. So I took the punchlines from these old radio adverts just to rekindle the memory. And, and, and I thought that was exciting. But this is also will interest you as well, Chad. There, were, there are 12 radio stations that I got in the book that were on radio in this country, but I know more. If I could quickly run to them, Capital Radio, Classic FM, uh, there's Peace Radio, Punt Casals Radio, Radio Bob, Radio Freedom, Radio Marisburg, Radio, radio Truro. Sudden Sound, which is the offshoot of Capital Radio, obviously Springbok Radio, as well as Swazi Music Radio. And I got people who were directly involved with these radio stations to write pieces for the book. For example, Stan Katz writes about Swazi Music Radio. Uh, Martin Rattle, the former MD, writes about uh, Capital Radio. Um, and uh, Martin Bailey writes about Peace Radio that was in Cape Town. So I'm very happy about that. And then this last year I should mention to you, I call them sidebars. They are individuals and organizations in our country that are 100 years old this year. For example, Langa Township in Cape Town, the women legal practitioners in the country, um, Kingsmead Cricket, and, and then there are individuals who are based in Durban. One of the individuals is a gentleman called Leonard Bowman. And he turned 100, and there's an interview with him and with pics of him in the book as well. And another gentleman that turns 100 in a couple of weeks' time, uh, James Ratiba, he's in the book as well. So that's from a content point of view. From a distribution point of view, uh, it's a self-published book, but I'm 
I am in conversation with the various uh, booksellers around the country, and the book will be available throughout the country when it's launched in a couple of months' time. And then the outreach program, when are you planning on starting that? Well, I should say this to you, uh, Chad. You know, uh, I see this book as the first in the series of books. It will depend largely on the rollout of this current book. And internally, the book is called My Radio Memory. Um, once this book is out and is rolled out, I will then get involved with the Radiocracy Community Outreach Program, which I would imagine would be early in the new year. Um, but there, there could be workshops, seminars, and conferences in between. Is Radiocracy on social media, website? There's a, there's a new website that's been developed, and that will be launched very shortly. Um, there's a logo for 100 years that will be launched. I'm looking at a series of podcasts, um, a, a, a bit of an exclusive for Chai FM and for Hugh Chad uh, in particular. Uh, we're looking at the possibility of a radio song, a song about radio. Okay, I'm speaking to some of the artists in the country, and we're hoping to launch that as well in, 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 in due course together with the podcast, uh, the website, as well as the logo. You mentioned a very good friend of mine earlier, Neil Solomon. I'm sure he would love to get involved in your radio song project. He's not just a brilliant songwriter and scorer for major feature films. He's also become a artist in the physical sense of the word and has held a couple of um, exhibitions in the in the more recent months so i'm looking forward to seeing this collaboration coming together loved hearing about grusham gresham um he is definitely the soundtrack to so many people's lives but radio in general has played such a critical role in the development of our country and it's been the medium that's brought the news to us when one looks at breaking news on the likes of twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn, one just has to smile because we know we used to hear it before we saw it. And everybody thinks that now social media has taken over from print media. They're forgetting that radio has been around for a long time. And it's still the, the, the forerunner when it comes to giving us the news. Robin, so thank you so much for today. I really, really enjoyed this. Yeah, no, thank you, Chad. Just very quickly, just to say to you, Neil celebrated his birthday last week, Thursday, and he's just so excited that he's part of the book. But you are also right about his exhibitions. He exhibited in Hilton in the in KZN over this past weekend. So, yes, Neil is a, a very interesting person. But if I may just add, if anybody, uh, any of your listeners would like to know more about the book uh, who want to make a contribution, um, or want to know something, make, got some thought or idea, they could actually r- write to my radio memory, which is one word, my radio memory at radiocracy, r-a-d-i-o-c-r-a-c-y dot c-o dot z-a. My radio memory at radiocracy dot c-o dot z-a. Robin, you, what, Robin, what are you going to do is going to upload the show um, to our social media pages um, after today's broadcast. It will be available on Confidential Brief Radio Show 
Facebook page as well as on our LinkedIn and our Twitter profiles. And we're going to put that link so that people can email you directly and uh, submit contributions and discuss with you, you know, possible ventures, especially in respect of the outreach. Because what I'm loving to hear from you is bringing new blood on board. We speak about people migrating back to radio. We don't speak enough about bringing new people and new listeners and the new generation to radio. Absolutely true. You know, I think the, the more we can actually reach out and help people along the way. And, and, and Chad, it's, it's such an important point because we want diversity on the, on the radio. When I say diversity, it's diversity of people's experiences, diversity of people's life stories. And they could actually bring a different dimension to radio, which helps society in the broad sense of the word. Robin Sulo is writing a book about a 100 years of radio in South Africa. We celebrate that milestone on the 18th of December, 2023. And, of course, Robin is very involved with a movement known as Radiocracy. Visit our Facebook page, Confidential Brief Radio Show, for more information about this incredible project. And, of course, the podcast will be uploaded to the HiFM website a little bit later today, as well as to our social media. A huge thank you to Robin for joining us today. Thank you, Chad. Thank you so much. Confidential Brief, of, of course, was brought to you by Rubber Roofs, the trusted name in roof waterproofing. If you're tired of getting contacted into fix your leaky roof only to find out that your roof still leaks, maybe it's time to sort that leak out for good. Rubber Roofs manufacture and apply the rubber paint to your roof. Your roof will look great and won't leak anymore. Rubber Roofs offer a 10-year warranty. Rubber Roofs is the trusted name in roof waterproofing. You can find out more at www.rubberroofs.co.za. Until we sit down and chat again, stay safe.